Welcome to the Career Medis Podcast. I'm your host, Nisar Ahmed. This is episode 53 of the Career Medis Podcast. Uh, as you know by now, the Career Medis Podcast is a part, an extension of the career, uh, of the career blog called careermedis.com. And for today's episode of this pa- podcast, um, I'm going to be continuing the personal branding series. Over the last few episodes of this particular series, I've been interviewing uh, individuals who have taken their individual brands to new heights. One of the things you probably, re- as a listener, you probably come across the whole concept of branding, personal branding a lot. Uh, these are individuals who have really done a good job. They have improved their career, their business, and it's, I thought it would be great to learn from them. That's why I invite them to our podcast. For today's personal branding series episode, I'm interviewing Aaron Watson. Uh, Aaron has a multifaceted career, uh, he, if, right from uh, professional sports uh, he's also VP of sales for a software company and he has his own podcast. I don't want to give too much away. I think it'll be great if we can hear everything from Aaron. Hey, Aaron, uh, welcome to the podcast. Sorry, thank you so much for having me and thank you for the excellent intro. Thank you. I I wanted to keep it short because there's a lot of things I can go into, but I thought it's always, I like, the, I like to hear the story from the guests because they give me um, a deep insight into who they are, how they got started. Uh, so that's why I kept it short because I want to hear more. The first thing I would like to ask you, Aaron, is where are you based out of? Well, I'm based out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but as we were talking, uh, Gavin, a little bit before the episode started, I'm actually calling from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Uh, I've been doing a tour of Southeast Asia for most of the beginning of 2017, uh, but Pittsburgh, PA is the home base. I went to the University of Pittsburgh, won two national championships with the ultimate Frisbee team there, and for the last two years have captained the Pittsburgh Thunderbirds, which is the professional team in the American Ultimate Disc League. That's all Ultimate Frisbee. That's my sport. Uh, but yeah, that's home and uh, just been a little extended stay away. That's awesome. I personally haven't been to Malaysia, but I've heard good things about it. But going back to Pittsburgh, uh, I always ask my guests this question. Uh, what is something, what, what is a fun fact about Pittsburgh that you can share with us, which most people would not know Sure. So the big thing with Pittsburgh is that it was the center of American industry, maybe not the center, but a center of American industry uh, through much of the first century of our of the country's existence. So Andrew Carnegie uh, and, and the steel industry, um, the Forbes, the Mellons, the uh, a bunch of these really, you know, some some would call them families that were robber barons, but they were these massive uh, industrial titans who helped to build not just the country, but the world. That's why, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers have their name. And what that's actually led to is 
a city that kind of has a, a distinct up and down. So there was a time in the 80s and 90s where a ton of young people, just people in general, left the city. They left for greener pastures. Um, and, and Pittsburgh recently has kind of been on the rise. But this is this has been a cyclical trend through hundreds of years for the city of Pittsburgh, where at times we've been you know, a real center of business and commerce and other times we haven't been. And uh, one of the cool things that gets me really excited and and with the interviews I do on my show, uh, I get to kind of explore this new era of Pittsburgh being on the rise. But uh, it's really cyclical and has a deep, rich history. Uh, and, And that leads to, you know, a lot of great museums, a lot of great cultural centers, because all these families, the Forbes, uh, Heinz, Heinz Ketchup uh, is created here. But uh, Carnegie, they all left these big trusts uh, for art and for nonprofit work and for all these really great things, which leads to a really rich, vibrant community um, that you, you don't find in a lot of other places. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I find that uh, the reason I asked that question, every city has its or unique flavor and it's always good to hear more. And I love traveling. And when I go to a city like that, it's always good to get some firsthand experience from someone from, from there. <laughs> yeah, usually I usually tell people not to come to Pittsburgh in the winter, but you're in Toronto. So that would even <laughs> potentially be an improvement for you. I think any place uh, in, in, in Toronto, uh, living in Canada, I think any place would be a better place to go, especially in the winter. But I must say, uh, Toronto is a great place in the summer, and anybody who's been there will agree. But uh, it can't get colder than here, so I don't think it'll be that bad. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on to the interview, I uh, would like to hear from you. uh, What do you do on a day-to-day basis? Maybe you can provide us a brief introduction. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you mentioned the software company VP of sales for top score. Uh, that is a company that sells software for sports organizations to manage their web presence. Uh, we work with a ton of different uh, sports, ultimate Frisbee, lacrosse, basketball, water polo, rugby, and work with a lot of different sports organizations. So there's a sales component there, uh, but I wear a lot of different hats. Like you mentioned, uh, there's days where I'm training or participating in games for the Pittsburgh Thunderbirds and preparing for that. Uh, additionally, there's a lot of work that goes into my show. As, as you know, it is not easy uh, with the preparation that goes into interviews, the actual conducting and organizing of these meetings with different guests, and then the post production as well. So that consumes a lot of time. Um, and, and then there's other kind of freelance side gigs that I do as well. I'm, I'm, I'm really uh, a believer in a philosophy that a good friend of mine taught me, A, B, C, D, always be connecting the dots. And that is a form, you, you know, when there, there's a lot of words, you talked about personal branding early. Um, and, and that and business networking and some of these other terms really rub people the wrong way. They can come off as sometimes slimy, come come off sometimes as disingenuous. And that's because often there are people using these different tactics or, or doing these different activities that don't necessarily have the best intentions at heart. And this philosophy, ABCD, of always being connecting the dots is about being a networker for others as opposed to putting yourself first. So what that really does is, you know, if I, if I meet you and, and you're looking for other 
really strong guests to be um, guests to talk about personal branding because you're doing this personal branding segment. I immediately look into my Rolodex or I don't have a Rolodex, but you know, my LinkedIn or my Google Doc or wherever I'm tracking the people in my network and finding an introduction that works for you without you even necessarily asking. That's that's just how I go about business. It's something I try to do on a regular basis of making these introductions and then not, this is the real key, not expecting anything in return. Because I make an introduction that benefits two people or two people are better for having known each other, that is my payoff. I'm not expecting them to, uh, you know, give me business down the road or make an introduction for me. It's all about giving first and then just seeing what happens, seeing the magic that happens as a result of that. And it's led to, you know, people getting jobs. It's led to businesses being started. And that phenomenon is one of the many that I explore in my show. But I think I kind of digressed from what my day to day looks like. Um, I, I, I really have to focus on blocking time for different tasks because as you can hear, I'm kind of all over the place and wearing a bunch of hats and, and, and working very hard. So what's really key from a time management standpoint is knowing, you know, these are the days that I edit my shows. These are the days that I make my calls. This is the portion of time that's dedicated to um, booking meetings or booking future guests and really you know, it, it's been a struggle, honestly, for the last two years of getting really tight with my time management and my organization, um, books like getting things done by David Allen, um, building a second brain, which is an online course by Tiago Forte have been immensely valuable because, um, if you're going to wear a lot of hats and you're going to try to go above and beyond, it really takes a high degree of organization. One thing I find out uh, in any interview I've done, there's always a few things that stand out, but there's one or two ideas that's really profound and that really sticks sticks for me, right? And when you mentioned A, B, C, D, uh, I, I thought I should mention that again. Always be connecting the dots. So if I correct me if I'm wrong, what you've been doing in helping you to grow your brand is you're using... You're, you're actually helping others and now we're talking about networking and as you're doing that you become sort of a trusted individual in their circle so personal branding is not necessarily what I'm, what I'm hearing and you can correct me is it's not necessarily about building making starting off with a global impact which most people want to do start small with the people you know help them and help them grow their business their career eventually you become the guy that they look out to um, so is that is that the philosophy? Yeah, I mean, even even at a more base level, it's it, you know you could take it to an my background is studying economics. You t take it to the point of leverage, and in most relationships, if you give first, then you not in like a, a pure maniacal sociopathic way, but you have that leverage now. Like you, the, the standard has been set that I do things for others, and I don't. 98% of the people that I do something for, I'm never even going to make an ask. I'm never even going to um, come and try to get something from them. Instead, it's just a great feeling in and of itself. So, so there is that, you know, it, there's, there's, I'm building momentum, I'm building leverage and my network is expanding my two nodes. So let's, I'm just gonna make up two names, 
I, I connect Ellen and John and I already knew Ellen a little bit. I knew that she was looking for a job and I know that she has some background uh, in like public speaking and sales. And John is building a business development team for his startup and he's looking for talent. And I make that connection and they end up working together. So, so you could say, you know, maybe I want to go to that company for business or I want to do something down the road. I have, I have no idea what the future can hold, but just the act of making that connection and fulfilling a need for two people in that moment, in that present moment is valuable for me, is, is a pleasant experience is something I get enjoyment from, not to mention the fact that it helps both of these people out who maybe, you know, the one was a tangential. We met at a dinner party. The other has been a friend for a couple of years since I met him in college, but it wasn't necessarily a strong node, but that connection serves as an act that takes our relationship up a level. So I, I really don't think about it in terms of like this, like you said, the global scale. It's really that one to one level. You know, your, your brand at the end of the day is what people say about you when you're not around. It has nothing to do. This is this is actually a big thing for a lot of people to overcome. It is not what someone writes to you in a nice email. It is not what someone says. It's kind of what someone says if they're introducing you at a party. But what it really is at the end of the day is what they say when you're not there. And if you are giving first and if you are have your eye out to help others and consistently deliver in that arena, then that's that's as valuable as a personal brand as you can have. You you, you could take it to the far extreme of, you know, some billionaire, some, these like Zuckerberg, Bezos, where people are talking all sorts of stuff about them when they're not around. But at a really deeply practical level, if we're thinking about the 99.99% of human beings who aren't going to be a Bezos, who aren't going to be a Zuckerberg, the practical personal brand is just having a a family, a community of people around you who are going to vouch for you and have good things to say. I, I, I think uh, you give one of the best definitions of personal branding I've ever listened to. It is uh, your brand is what people talk, what, what people say about you when you're not around. It's not what they write about you or what they uh, like an, a raving online review. But when you're not around, what they say is what your brand is. That is that's actually impactful. That's amazing. Um, so the question I have is someone listening to this and they are they're thinking, okay, you know what? I need to take my career to the next level. This sounds awesome. This sounds great. This is what, this is actually simple. This is what I want to do. What do you suggest they start with? How do they get started? Well, there's a, there's a book. I, I've never read it, but I listened to an interview from the author and I just, it stuck with me just from that conversation. And the concept of the book I'm, I'm blanking on it is everyone you need to know is already in your network. And there's this idea that you have when you're getting started or you're trying to like, you know, scale, like, let's say I'm trying to build a billion dollar company. We're going really extreme from a goal setting standpoint. You think you need to know Mark Andreessen and all these venture capitalists who are going to make this happen for you. The reality or the the belief that this author perpetuates, which I tend to agree with, is that a lot of the people you need to make this happen are actually within your network. So if someone wants to actually do this, someone wants to be a connector, and that's really that's what we call it. Uh, my good friend Larry Joy and I have a group called Connection U. Uh, we put it in our Twitter bios, a, hashtag ABCD, so people can know. Uh, but the thing that you do 
is you go and you you take some real time, look at the people in your circle, in your network, and don't just connect for the sake of connecting. Don't just like throw some random cold email, uh, you know, Hey, Jack and Susan, uh, thought you two should meet, have fun. Like that's, that's not good manners. That's not good, um, technique, but really think deeply and find five connections, five people who should know each other within your network, but don't. Then before just sending the email, connecting them, Reach out to each of them individually. This this takes a little work, but all good things take a little bit of work if they're actually worth having. Reach out to each of them individually and do a light pitch. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, but it would it would sound something like this: um, Nizar, I want to introduce you to my friend Kenny Chen. Kenny Chen is the program director at one of the hottest accelerators in the city of Pittsburgh. He is a tireless worker and also the program director for Thrival, which is this really cool innovation festival in the city of Pittsburgh. And I think that he would be a great guest for your show. But before I make an introduction or talk to him about it, I wanted to make sure that's okay with you. 99% of people are going to say, oh, of course, Kenny sounds like a great guy. And knowing Aaron and knowing this comes back to my personal brand, knowing how consistently he delivers great guests or how consistently he introduces me to great people, I'll give this a shot. I'll see what it's about. And then, you know, being someone who's really trying to make a good connection, I know Kenny's going to deliver. I've seen him do it. He consistently does it. So that's that's just going to continue to bring the three of us together in terms of knowing each other, trusting each other and being able to work together. But I've set that precedent. And then I send the email. It's usually an email. You know, hey, Kenny, this is Nazar. He has an amazing podcast called Career Metis. Uh, Kenny, uh, I'm sorry, Nazar, this is Kenny. Once again, he is the director for this accelerator, yada, yada, yada. And you've now, you know, kind of, it's like when you're learning to ride a bike and you're a little kid, it's the first time that the, the training wheels have been taken off. And you're, for me, it was my dad was running with me, kind of pushing me a little bit, getting me up to speed and then let's go. And now once I'm up there on the bike, it's, it's on me to stay balanced. If I fall, it's my fault. If stuff falls apart, you know, that that's no longer my dad's, he'll feel bad, but it's not his responsibility. It's I'm on the bike. I need to make it happen. But you've facilitated actually getting that momentum started. And it's so much easier to run with it as each individual. So that is, that is the example that is if someone wants to get started on this, it's five of those connections. And then, you know, quite frankly, maybe one or two of those, if, if you don't do those initial steps, might not really turn into anything. Nothing will happen. But I guarantee even with just five, one or two people are going to reach out to you and be like, dude, thank you. Or gal, thank you so much. It's awesome that you made that connection. Uh, X, Y, and Z is happening. And you get that feeling and it's, it's addictive. You're going to start looking for it. As soon as you start meeting people, you're going to start thinking, who can I connect this person to? How can I help them? How can I open one door for them on their path? Because that's, that's just another realization as you're getting older is everyone is fighting a battle. Everyone is pursuing something. Everyone is going after something. And if you are one of the people who along the way opened a door, if you're, if you, if you made one step happen for them, that is the foundational pillar of the relationships in your adult world, at least in your business world. So that's something I I really think about. And it's something that anybody can do. That's uh, that's actually very, very uh, insightful because 
even though you may not, when you're connecting these individuals, when you're connecting others in your network with each other, even though you're not getting anything out of it, you just love the feeling, right? I think we are, we are geared, we are wired like that. Humans are social animals. And uh, I think you mentioned that you feel very good when out of your connection, something happens, even though that satisfaction itself is enough. Eventually you have this, over time you build this leverage bank, right? Where you have done so much by just a simple introduction, it just builds your it just builds your network, makes it much more intimate, and also it, it always helps your brand as well. So that's a very good uh, insight you just provided right now. And it's also really important. I just want to drive this home because I want people to actually do this. I don't want them to just think about it and go with their day. I want them to leave this podcast or even you know turn it off right now and go make it happen. I want them to go do it and realize that anyone can do it and that people will be thankful if you put the time in to think about the connections that you're making. There's too much. People get in their own heads. I don't, oh, I don't know anyone who can help anyone. You do. You just have to take a couple breaths, put your phone down, put the laptop away, you know, shut the outside world out for a couple seconds and think. And those connections will start to crystallize in your mind. That is amazing. Actually, you have inspired me as right now as I'm listening to this. I'm thinking of podcasts that I've been on guests on. I've had guests on my shows, uh, and I'm think I just just it just flashed on my mind that I have I could think of two individuals uh, who are both podcast hosts and they do the same thing. They should be interviewing each other, and I'm going to do this as soon as this <laughs> interview is over. So. Uh, I love that's, it. That's a nice call to action, right? Like even if nobody else, I'm inspired right now to take action on that particular piece. Um, and uh, the next question I, I do have is um, the whole concept of time uh, because someone like you, let's take your example. You run your own podcast. You have a show. you uh, involved in professional sports. You're part of a league. Actually, you're a captain of the team, which is which is even much more work. And on top of that, you work as VP of sales for a startup. So you are doing all these things and you met all the ideas you provided are great, but how do you manage your time and uh, to make sure you do this? Well, once again, I would strongly recommend uh, getting things done by David Allen and uh, reading anything Tiago Forte writes. Those are two uh, productivity masters. I am but a mere uh, student of their mastery. So so definitely check both of those out. Um, It really comes down to, for me, having really great lists of what I'm going to do. So I can look at you know, at any time, pull up the notes on my phone and know the tasks that I have to get done today, the tasks I have to get done tomorrow and the tasks I have to get done the next day. And then additionally, the other big projects either that I've started or I'm going to start sometime in the near future and to organize those as well. So it really keeps everything together in a coherent as coherent as possible. And that's something I can check in with before I go to bed, when I wake up, because the the fact is that a lot of us waste a lot of time, whether it's scrolling through our social media feeds, whether it's, you know, there's countless amount of distractions that keep us from being more productive and effective. And for me, that for for me, the feeling of anxiety of, oh, I have so much to do and that keeps you from falling asleep, that keeps you from, uh, 
you know, even getting the stuff done because you're more freaked out about what you have to get done. Uh, the key for me is being able to check in with that list and know that it is to some degree manageable. Now there's times where it gets really long and you, you still start to get a little sweat going, uh-huh. but I struggled with that before I kept the list really diligently in a really disciplined way. I'd have that, you know, Sunday night butterflies in my stomach. Oh my gosh, I have so much to do. Uh-huh. And since I've gotten good about making that list, not only have the butterflies gone away, but I've actually become more comfortable with distributing my work over the course of a week. So there, there was a feeling of why well, have to shut everything off. Um, it, and you know, go completely radio silent on Saturday so I can actually enjoy myself because that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's moved into a space where, you know, maybe I'm, you know, cutting the day short on Tuesday, but I'm going to work a little bit more on Saturday, that type of deal. Um, and, and really just sticking to that list and, and getting my confidence from that. And this, this, I believe, is a David Allen concept, right? Like I create a list and stick to that list until that is completed. Um, yep. And also, you mentioned Andrew Carnegie at the beginning, one of my favorite entrepreneurs. And uh, there is a story, if you listen to a lot of the professional development or self-development, self-help uh, tapes, they, they refer to this story where the whole idea of list, uh, writing a list and completing it goes back to Andrew Carnegie, apparently. Uh, there was an, there, there's a story behind it, and I, I, I don't want to digress from our interview. So it's funny, like, I'm just connecting the dots here between the things you said. So that's... Something personally works for me as well. When I have a list to focus on, I don't get distracted. It keeps me focused because one thing, if you run a business or if you run a podcast like myself and yourself, Aaron, there's always new ideas popping into your brain and you want to do that instead of the things that you already have on the list, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you're also playing a game almost with yourself, with your own brain and the satisfaction of crossing something off the list or deleting it versus the frustration or anxiety that comes with, well, I, I just haven't gotten that thing done yet. Or like I keep pushing it off a day, pushing it off a day, pushing it off a day. And coming back to David Allen, he is adamant about, you know, if you push something off two days, delete it or get it done. Like d- don't let yourself be in that purgatory. And if you've pushed it off four days, maybe it's just not that important. We, we, we tend to assign this importance to every single thing on our our list. If you push something off five consecutive days, it's not important to you. Maybe just don't do it. Um, that, that doesn't work for everything like paying bills and other, other things like that. Um, <laughs> but, but gen- generally, uh, it's, it's a, a really good way of noticing your own priorities when you push something off versus the things that never, ever get pushed off. Even if they aren't necessarily maybe the main revenue driver or the very primary thing that you're doing. Um, you know, this being a career podcast and another thing that I talk to a lot of guests on my show about and just think about in general is what work do you want to be doing? What work, what work is easy for you that is difficult for other people? And if there's some part of your job that you're consistently scratching off the list first every day, even if it isn't the most important thing, that's something to really hone in on and think about because, um, that, that is where your competitive advantage lies. Okay. Um, so, Aaron, uh, we are getting closer to the end of our interview here. Do, doing this interview, you've shared a lot of insights, a lot of great tips, a lot of great ideas. Uh, before we conclude here, are there any, actually, is there any last word, uh, anything, anything that you'd like to tell the audience before we wrap up? 
I'm really serious about the connection thing. Um, obviously, I would love to connect with listeners of the show, but it's it's not about me. It's about finding others that can benefit from the network that you have cultivated. So it would just really mean a lot to me if you took that time, maybe not even five, just make one connection, see how that feels. And if you can let me know, uh, I'm sure you'll put the, my social media stuff in the show notes or whatever, but I, I'd love to hear about it. Uh, we, I have a Facebook group where we kind of talk about and celebrate those connections as they get made. Um, so, so it's just really something I'd like to double down on. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what I usually do is I write a summary of each episode as a blog post as well. A call to action like this would be great. And thanks for coming back to that point. Because uh, whether you read something or listen something, uh, it's all great. Uh, You get a knowledge, but unless you put it into action, um, you're not necessarily benefiting a lot. So thanks once again for a call to action at the end. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me on the show, Nazar. It was a pleasure. I think the pleasure was all mine. Uh, learned a lot of uh, great ideas today. Um, thank you, Aaron. Cheers. Thanks, everyone, uh, for listening to this episode of the Career Medis podcast. Uh, I have written a brief summary of the interview with, with all the things that Aaron has mentioned, but also had links to his website uh, as part of a blog post on careermedis.com. If you liked this particular episode uh, feel free to subscribe to the career medicine podcast on itunes stitcher and even soundcloud and for more content ideas tips resources go to careermedis.com until next time this is nisar ahmed your host for the career medicine podcast thank you